Storm Bowling Products, the Bowlers Company, presents the Storm Collegiate Spotlight with Tim Berg and Kendall Miles. Above180.com's Tim Berg and Storm's web content manager and former collegiate bowler at Weber International University, Kendall Miles, are going to introduce a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now, here's Tim and Kendall. Joining us on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight podcast is Sydney Brummett, Sydney Bowl Collegiately at Wichita State University. Sydney, it's Tim Berg and Kendall Miles here. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, let's get right into things. The PWB tour, uh, PWBA tour off and running. You guys are heading to bowl at Seminole Lanes down in Florida. You're making the the long trek down south after being up in Minneapolis, let's uh, or Minnesota. Let's talk about things so far on tour. Probably not quite as as well as what you've been expecting, but what are some things you've been able to take away from the first three tournaments as uh, as you head down to Florida? Yeah, this these first three stops have been a little bit of a learning curve for me. Uh, I had a company switch coming into this tour season, and so the the brand change presents its own uh, challenges. Of course, like I love the bowling balls, and, and they're great. It's also a new team, and and bowling on all the different oils presents learning. You know what those bowling balls do on those oils. On tour this year, we're bowling on so many different oils. We're, we've already bowled on three, and I know we're seeing more. <clears throat> Pardon me. So. Each week is a learning curve, and every single week, my blocks have gotten better the second set, um, and I know that's simply because I know what bowling balls I should be going to much more quicker the second set. So I think as we go through this tour season and the tour seasons to come and the more I get used to the bowling balls and my tour team, the easier it'll be for me to have success in that first block. I think the first tournament I see success in the first block and I can keep it rolling into the second will be good to go. That's awesome. And and with you being a graduate of such a uh, phenomenal program, Wichita State University, what's something, you know, as you face adversity, you're going week to week and again, you're going the best bowlers in the world. What do you do off the lane, even whether it's prep or analyzing maybe post tournament or, What's something that you do off the if you read books or, or if you read any type of information or whatever it may be? What are you doing off the lane to kind of prepare for the next event and, and, and so on about the season? Yeah, I've learned in my past that every little bit of what I'm going to have this summer comes from the off season. And so, like, all of the reading and the workouts and, um, like, learning the equipment from a basis standpoint, of course, like RGs and diffs and, and surfaces of them, that all comes way before the tour even starts. If I'm trying to do that now, I am way behind all these other women. Um, and so I have learned that I have to take time in between the stops to really just decompress. So like today I got home, I have watched Survivor, I'm doing laundry, um, I'm just kind of enjoying some peace. <laughs> uh, I I fly into Florida on Wednesday, and I get in about six hours before my roommates. So the uh, the airport I'm flying into is six minutes from the beach. So I'm going to go sit on the beach <laughs> for six hours before they get in um, and just read, read like a fiction book, enjoy my time off, and know that the hard work that I've put in is going to pay off. I'll, of course, I'll go throw some shots um today and tomorrow but 
really, I'm not going to build anything right now. It's just maintaining and trusting that it will come together and my time is coming. I used to not trust that. And so now I'm just really trusting, you know, that the universe is going to bring me what I work hard for. Sydney, you also recently did some color commentary for the USBC. Can you walk us through that experience and what you learned from being on on this side of the microphone, I would say, on the announcer's side of the microphone versus being out there on the lanes? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, When USBC gave me a call to do the collegiate shows, I was really shook about it and really excited because it's an honor to be asked to do that. When I think of the women that do the announcing, when I think of Carolyn and um, Deandra and Kelly, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like they're so good and they're so knowledgeable. So for them to ask me, I was a little shaken. And, of course, I wanted to do it because it's such a it's such an honor. And I just hoped that I could do it with some grace. because it's it's the hardest thing I've ever done. <laughs> I'm doing that on the fly. And it's awesome. And it was actually, I was sitting in the booth and it was, I believe, um, Brianna Klimmer was bowling. And I had a moment where I realized, you know, this is my first live TV show as a PWBA member. And although I'm not bowling, I learned so much because I got to see exactly how the entire process worked and be a part of it. So although I wasn't bowling, it still felt like I was learning as a bowler. Of course, I was analyzing and doing the color commentary. But now when I make that first live TV show, I'll kind of have already had one under my belt, although it's not in the traditional way. um, I won't have the like piece of unknown of how is this going to work? How does the timing work? Who do I listen to? I'll already know all of that. I think that's an extremely, you know, mature and world-class way to approach a situation like that. You know, as you just mentioned, you can, you know, approach that with, oh, I don't want to mess up. I don't, I'm so nervous, but you looked at deeper than that. You learned from it. You, you thought it was exciting. You know, you want to do your best. So I think that's extremely encouraging for a lot of people out there listening. And, and you mentioned some of the you know, people you'll, you, uh, that, that, like Kelly Kulik and then that, that have done that prior to you. You know, speaking of that, do you have any idols that you've looked up to as you've grown up, as you've been bowling, and now you're getting across with them on the lanes? Is there anybody that you've looked up to for years that and kind of influenced you to be Sydney Brummett today? It's so funny that you asked that because, um, so I love sneakers. And although this seems off topic, I love sneakers. And Michael Jordan made a series of sneakers for his biggest mentors. And so I bought the Dear Deans because the Dear Deans were for his college coach. And they matched the colors of the school that I coach at. So I was like, okay, this is really cool. So I bought those and wore them at ITCs. And in that moment, I was like, you know what I should do? I should create a jersey series for my mentors. And so the first jersey came out a couple weeks ago, and it's for Deandra. Um, she's a really big mentor for me, mostly off the lanes, honestly. Like, we were at a SYC, man, probably three or four years ago now, where we were in a beach house, and it was storming outside like crazy. And it was me, her, Brie Cote, Kelly Kulik sitting in the living room, and Leanne. And Deandra just kind of, like, shook my world with some of the stuff she said about, like, perspective of people and and how to live our lives with like a lot of grace and 
it, it really stuck with me. And so I wanted to create a jersey for her. And then over the next couple of months and year, we'll see um, more jerseys come up. So I don't want to say exactly who those people are, what those jerseys will be for, but um, they're definitely women that are out on tour right now. So it's pretty cool. And they're all based on um, one of their past jerseys that they've had. Sydney, let's, let's – yeah, that is – that's very cool. Let's move along. You're an assisting coach with Mount Mercy, and, and you're coaching with the men's team there, helping out Coach Dirk. So can you um, – I guess just as, as a, a very accomplished uh, female bowler, Team USA, bowling at Wichita State yourself – how um how are you how how has that adjustment been to coaching men or do you do you coach men different than you coach women because in the past I've we've done shows where the way you talk you know just you have to watch your your verbiage I guess is the best way to put it when you're you're coaching a a male versus a, a female athlete. Uh, it's a I wouldn't say it's that much different for me simply because I grew up I was raised by a village of men in my life. Uh, I grew up going to the bowling center. Uh, I would get out of school at 2.30 and dad would pick me up and I'd be at this bowling center in Fort Wayne until two or three in the morning. I'd fall asleep in the back office and I'd go home and do it all over again the next day. And the men who worked there kind of raised me. And there weren't a lot of female um, bowlers that I could look up to in Fort Wayne. So all the leagues I bowled, all the tournaments I went and bowled, they didn't have separate divisions for guys and girls. Even when I first started bowling junior gold, it was when guys and girls bowled in the same center. And so I really was just around the male bowlers a lot more. And even when I was at Wichita, when we had our lessons with Coach Lewis, I always wanted to have a lesson with one of the guys, partially because I thought Coach L would pay a little bit more attention to me. Um, but also because their perspective on bowling is so cool. Like guys are way less perfectionistic than women are. And so to hear them talk about how to play lanes, they never really focus on their physical game as much as the women do. It's just a very different perspective. So coaching men for me was a little bit easier. I think the hardest part about coaching men is when I have to flip and bowl on the women's tour because for eight months of the year, I watch bowling balls go down the lane from a guy's perspective. And then I go out on tour and the lanes transition much differently. So flipping that switch when the tour happens is, is quite difficult. But really, no, my personality just gels with men's teams a little bit more. I can be very straightforward and um, I'm not the greatest at watching my tone. And so it's, it's nice. <laughs> To be with guys because I don't really have to do that. And if they get mad at me, we solve a problem and we move on, and it's all good. You know, I laugh because we do have you know a friendship in our bowling world as well, and I, and I totally agree with you. I think you're someone who you just really don't take crap from anybody, and uh, you definitely <laughs> like to stand up for what's right. And I think that's why a lot of people, including myself, kind of admire you and you as a bowler. Um, so yeah, it's really cool to hear. So I guess I have a two part question. You know, how much does Wichita, your influence from Wichita State, help you be a coach? And then how, from a lane play standpoint, how do you, do you see the lanes differently now? Do you see it better? Do you see it, is it harder to go back and forth? You know, what's that like going from Wichita to now coaching and then now seeing the lanes from, yeah, a lot steeper than you did when you were in college yourself? What's that transition been like? And has it helped your bowling yourself? Or what's that been like? 
Yeah, so Wichita State, I think the bowling program itself doesn't influence me every day. Like, I mean that with a lot of respect. I loved my time at Wichita. I will forever cherish it. I am so grateful for each of my teammates that I had. Every single one of them taught me something. The biggest influence that I have from Wichita is Coach L and Coach V. Like, I I completely separate them from the program, right? Because they're not the structure. They're not the practices, the workouts. They're the people behind it. And Coach L and Coach V really changed my life. They're why I went into coaching. And without those two men, I don't think that my life would look anything like what it looks like right now. It would not be as high quality as it is right now. So thank goodness for those two men. And so they have influenced me on every, they influence me every day. There are several times I'll call coach V and ask for advice. You know, he's retired now and um, it's really great to hear his perspective on things. And coach L is always there to give me a, a big hug and a smile and joke with me when we're at college tournaments. So it's really great to have them in my life still, even after, you know, being graduated. And in regards to the lane play, it's really helpful to be a coach because for, you know, about eight hours a day, I watch bowling balls go down the lane. And so that only helps me. It only makes me better. And being able to see lane transition quickly, catch it quickly can only help me. Um, I had one of my tour reps the very first week. Um, I went plus seven the first block in Rockford and then plus 100 and something the second block. And he called me out at the practice session at the Queens and he said, you know, you could have bowled a lot better if you would just take off your coaching hat and stop looking for perfect ball reaction all the time because you're used to doing that. You're used to helping eight people achieve the best ball reaction possible. He's like, there's not eight of you. You can't sub people in and out. He said, you just have to be okay with having the best ball reaction you can have right now. It's not going to be perfect. It's okay if you flat 10, <laughs> you know, three times a game, it's going to be fine. Um, and so it's really difficult for me to take off that coaching hat and not look for perfect ball reaction or constantly be moving, right? Like at the tour stop this week, there was a game, I shot 257, and I didn't move one board because I didn't have to. Where in college, if you don't move a whole game, you're probably going to have a thick circle on the board a couple times. <laughs> right. So it, it's a little bit different, um, but, you know, it's only my uh, fourth season, really three and a half, three and a half seasons worth of coaching. I'm still a baby at coaching. And so learning how to take off the coaching hat and put it back on has been the biggest challenge, but the lane play part of it is extremely helpful. When it comes to coaching, it's great that you're able to still lean on your former coaches, but what are you doing to create your own sort of way of coaching, your own, you know, the Sydney Brummett way of coaching, whether that's being taking a little bit from everyone you're working with or how are you doing that because you don't want to necessarily copy someone else. You want to, you know, mold your own sort of way of coaching. How are you doing that? Yeah, I – my boys get tired of me hearing my boys get tired of hearing me say it but I always say let's think about how they do in other sports it's usually the first line that comes out of my mouth before we're about to do something that feels um controversial uh, for bowlers and so for me I pull from other sports um I love college athletics and bowling is no different we treat it differently because we're more accessible Right. And what I mean by that is 
Um, you know, we go to a college bowling tournament, a parent can talk to their kid. Where if you go to a football game, that can't happen. <laughs> Mom can't walk onto the field. And so I try and pull from what college coaches do in other sports like football, basketball, um, baseball. My mental performance coach is a baseball guy. He doesn't even understand bowling that much. And so having those people in my corner and pulling from those other sports really challenges me and brings out uh, some characteristics from other sports that we don't really see within bowling or college athletics. But I really want to bring, I guess, the equality of other sports to bowling. Treat it the same. Not as we're easily accessible, but this is something separate where we can, you know, put on a different face, be exactly who we want to be on the lanes, and then, you know, we leave. And I think you've been a great advocate of that, especially, again, with your fitness program. And you know, kind of an off-topic question here is where was the inspiration in that? You know, you got really healthy, you've been in the gym, you're working hard, you created a fitness program. Where did the love for that originate from? So right after COVID, I chose to step away from a different school I was coaching at. And I wanted to stay in Fort Wayne for a little while. And so there was this place by my house that opened up called Triumph and they teach rhythm cycle, boxing and like a boot camp class. And the first class I took was rhythm cycle and it was in the middle of like downtown Fort Wayne. It's super sketchy. They said, okay, if you want to work here, if you want to teach classes, maybe we need you to show up at 5 a.m. and be able to keep up. I was like, whoa, okay. So I didn't know what I was getting myself into, but I walked up three flights of stairs in this sketchy building in downtown Fort Wayne, walked into this rhythm cycle class that was in, it's in the complete darkness, except for the lights that flip on every once in a while, you know, to add to the dr- dramaticness, I guess, of the, the class. But really it came from that community of people. And I wanted to be an instructor and that requires a certain level of fitness to teach rhythm cycle. It's a lot. And to do it multiple times a day and, you know, taking boxing lessons from a dude named Johnny, um, learning how to do that, how to to teach those classes, that really inspired me to be healthy because if I want to teach these classes to people, I need to be as fit as I want to inspire them to be, right? Um, and then I realized that it was helping my bowling. My swing got freer. I had more stamina. I was going to bowl super long regional tournaments at the time because we didn't have the PWBA because it wasn't back yet after COVID. And so I realized it was helping my bowling. I'm like, man, how do I bring this to other people? And although it's kind of taken a step back with coaching at Mercy and wanting to give all my time to my boys, uh, it's still important to me. And so it's just been really cool to see how it's helped my bowling and how that place called Triumph, which still exists, they just celebrated their two-year anniversary of opening up, um, how much influence they had on me and they had on my bowling and hopefully they'll have on tons of other people is really cool. So when it comes to these podcasts, usually we'll say what advice do you have for someone in high school regarding bowling? But I want to flip that a little and ask, uh, ask you as, as we have a lot of younger listeners here, what fitness advice do you have for someone who is maybe a junior or senior? They're looking for that, uh, looking to bowl collegiately. What fitness advice would you have for, uh, for, for them? I would say don't believe everything you read online. Um, 
that would be my biggest piece of advice. I think find a trainer. And if you don't have somebody in your area who is a bowling trainer, find someone who trains uh, quarterbacks for football. The muscles are super similar that we use in bowling. Find somebody who coaches QBs or uh, Amplify with Andy Sykes is really awesome with bowling. He's a Wichita State grad as well, so I have to give him the plug. But Andy creates really, really awesome programming for bowlers. And so find someone you trust. Just like in bowling, we want to find a coach that we trust. When it comes to our physical fitness, we also need to find a trainer that we trust. So don't believe everything you read online. And find a trainer who you trust, whether that be somebody who specifies in bowling or somebody who knows how to train quarterbacks. That was a very unique answer. I wasn't expecting that one, so thank you for sharing. <laughs> and uh, I will wrap yeah, up with this question. For the like, it's for the younger listeners and then maybe someone just in you know, approaching college, you know, you have an extremely successful career <clears throat> anchoring the Wichita team for, for four years. Uh, just about so a little bit of a piece of advice for someone either approaching college or looking to approach college with the next uh, with ex- the next few years. Man, I was asked this question at the pro am in Minnesota, and I took about twenty minutes to answer to answer him. I said, "Hang on, I, I got to come back to this one because I'm really not really quite sure about my answer, and I'm still not because you know you said um, that I bowled really well at Wichita for my four years, and to me it doesn't feel that way. I know that the awards say so, and, um, you know, I think my teammates would say so. But to me, it never really felt that way. And I I don't think it felt that way because I didn't take a moment for granted. And so my biggest piece of advice would be to take it one day at a time. And one moment that really sticks out in my head from college was um, one of my teammates, who just pulled on a TV show a couple days ago, Dasha, she pulled me uh, to have lunch. And she said, you know what, Sid, I think that you're going to push me to be better. And that really shook me because I was a freshman. And she said, I think you're going to push me to be better. And she became a mentor for me in that moment, right? She became somebody who we wanted to practice together. We wanted to do drills together. And so, Taking all of those moments I had with Dasha, I just hold on to them and don't take any of them for granted. So having those times with my teammates and really embracing them and being so grateful to be there, uh, that is probably the biggest piece of advice I would give somebody is just enjoy enjoy it while you're there instead of enjoying it after you're, after you're done. All right, and my final question, as we tune into Bowl TV to watch you, uh, all the talented ladies competing on the PWBA Tour at Seminole Lanes, your next stop, what is one thing that we should be watching for? Like, what's a house characteristic of Seminole Lanes? What's something that happens or we, sh- we you know, that, that when we're watching, we might notice some trends maybe uh, as, uh, as we're watching and um, the qualifying and then even as we watch on TV? Yeah. So it's been a while since we've been to Seminole. Um, so I don't have a lot of notes from back then. I didn't keep notes. But to be honest, I'm kind of grateful. I think I was a little bit silly back then. I think my notes would have been just as silly. They probably wouldn't be very helpful, to be honest. I do remember the approaches being really tacky. So I'm sure it would be interesting to just sit and watch the women work through that because it's something people don't realize, right? When we go from Minnesota to Florida, the humidity is not even close to the same but I believe the approaches are the same 
So the tackiness of the approaches in Florida could be a real challenge for some people. So hopefully everybody comes prepared. So watching women work through that, I think, is really cool. Um, But as the rounds go on, this happens every single week, no matter where we bowl. They get flatter. The oil pattern becomes, quote, unquote, more true. And so I, you'll see the women get left faster. You'll see them use cleaner balls sooner as each round progresses. And so no matter what we bowl on, that will happen. And the women who do it the quickest and recognize it the quickest will make a TV show. Well, Sydney, my piece of advice would be to make sure we're plenty of sunscreen and, and don't, <laughs> don't enjoy that beach too much because we, uh, we're definitely You sound like my mama. Here. <laughs> that was what but, I um, told my mom. I said, "Look, it's six minutes from the airport to the beach." And she goes, "Please pack sunscreen." <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're an Iowa girl now. You're landlocked. We got to make sure oh, you stay protected out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but definitely, as a dear friend of mine, and I truly I wish you nothing but the best on tour. We know you're going to do big things out there, and it's know we're all cheering for you, and uh, we can't wait to see you know what what greatness Sydney Bremen is going to create. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. We do truly appreciate your time, your insight, and your effort and what you've done for us here. And uh, we definitely, we watch what you're doing. We will check you out and talk to you soon. Uh, thank you guys so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to the both of you.